0: Welcome back to Make you All Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now is Kenny Ducey of the Action Network and covers to talk a little Major League Baseball postseason. Kenny, thank you so much for joining us. Let's jump right on into Game Three of the NLCS between the Phillies and Diamondbacks. Currently, the Phillies are only slight favorites on the road with Ranger Suarez on the bump against Brandon fought. How do you see this game playing out? Do you feel like that the Diamondbacks will ride with Fought for a significant period of time, or do you think he will have a really short leash?
1: Yeah, I, I do, Ed. It's great to be here once again. Where would I rather be at 11 a.m. Eastern time? on <laughs> morning? I would, I would love to be here. Uh, and and I, look, th- this is a pretty complicated one, if I have to say so myself. I do think that the Diamondbacks are going to ride with Fought. I think he's been looking very good in the postseason and throughout the last couple of months now he's really you know made some market improvements he's rolled up a lot more ground balls His uh, expected numbers have gotten better i, I like to call him Spot 2.0 because Spot 1.0 he was supposed to be good when he first started this rookie season they it was not good he was very bad they sent him down he came back up he was a little bit better and he almost maybe fought 3.0 at this point with the way he's pitched in the postseason he's been very effective i know it's really hard for me to read in to a lot of the pitching performances that the Diamondbacks had against the Dodgers, just given how me- uh, just, just mediocre the Dodgers were at the plate in that uh, series, the NLDS. So, uh, But I do think that Brandon Pott's has done a lot of good things over the last two months. So I think he has the right formula to get the Phillies out here. Uh, he's not exactly an extreme ground ball pitcher, but that's not going to hurt him in Arizona. It's one of the hardest parks to hit home runs in. There's going to be a much different game. But on the other side of the coin, now Diamondbacks, despite the fact that they hit a lot of ground balls and their ground ball – or excuse me, ground out to air out ratio is over one, which is insanely high. They've just been hitting the ball right into the ground this postseason. Um, th- this is a good matchup for them because they have a, just a 7-14 OPS against ground ball pitchers, and Ranger Suarez obviously is one of those. They also have really struggled against the curveball this year. Ranger Suarez has one of the better ones in the league in terms of starting pitchers with his curveball. Um, And, and ultimately, this is, once again, a Diamondbacks team that just is not good at the plate. They have great vibes. They don't have better vibes than Philly, but the Diamondbacks have good vibes. They have speed. They have defense. They have some pitching, but they really don't hit the ball very well. They didn't have a good season at the plate. So, I think this is a game I'm playing the under. I think Suarez is effective again. He's been good away from home also. The home road splits are worth looking into here. And especially playing in a pitcher's park here, Two guys that like to pitch to contact, I think we see a few runs, uh, fewer runs at least than we've been accustomed to seeing. The Phillies offense should, should be able to get this win, but I do think that they're going to be slowed significantly here by an effective pitcher and a tough environment at to home runs.
2: Okay. Uh, probably the biggest story that we've seen in the playoffs is this softball lineup just mashing homers game after game. But, but you like a lower-scoring affair, does that mean you are not doing any home-run props with Schwarber, Harper, Turner, Castellanos?
1: That's does me in that. I, look, I, I actually, if you want to play a prop, I like the over-on-spot outs recorded. It, it's quite low, and I do think that the Diamondbacks, despite the fact that they have, you know, a, a mid, I wouldn't say uh, they have a bad bullpen, but it's also hard to say they have an elite bullpen um, you know, just given the fact that they've been kind of up and down over the last month. But, you know, I, I do think ultimately they're going to ride with spot. I don't think they have much better options behind him. And I would also say, yeah, I, you know, backing a home run prop here in Arizona, it's not impossible to hit home runs in Arizona. Obviously, we've seen just, you know, last week home runs hit in Arizona. But I, I don't know if it necessarily makes as much sense here. Um, I, I, You know, the, the one – feather in your cap if you are taking a home run top is that like i said brandon five does allow a lot of fly balls so if you can manage to you know it, you, you probably could hit one but i don't think there's going to be home runs coming in bunches here which makes you know me really really inclined to bet this, that market
3: kenny would you do anything first five whether it's run line money line total
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I also would just definitely fire up the under on the first five as well. If you're going to play uh, the full game total, you might as well play the first five total. The the Phillies bullpen, I think it's well documented at this point, has been absolutely outstanding. So that's why I just feel no need to play the the first five under. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, if you do want to ensure that, you know, maybe uh, the Phillies bullpen is a little bit tired with their high leverage guys going a lot. Um, The Diamondbacks bullpen obviously has, like I said, it's been good, but, uh, you know, that they haven't had the 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 elite bullpen that the phillies have had uh but i still think that that's it it could be worth playing the first five under here just given the fact that you can get you know a little bit of a discount really when you think about it four and a half runs if if the full game total is nine but the first five is four and a half at plus 110 that's 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 decent value there like i said i expect spot to to settle in here and pitch much better um And, you know, I look, I don't want to look stupid, right? You know, the Phillies, I'm not going to say the Phillies are just going to get shut out through five innings. You know, they obviously could hit a home run or two. I just don't think we're going to see the barrage of offense that we've seen so far from the Phillies in the playoffs and especially in the series.
0: What about Diamondbacks hitters? Any of them stand out to you as far as total bases, walks, stolen bases, anything like that?
1: Well, it's interesting because, you know, not a lot of the, the Diamondbacks hitters have very good, uh, or excuse me, very extensive numbers against Ranger Suarez. Catel um, Marte is a guy with a three ninety two WOBA against him in his career I was looking at, and, you know, just a consummate professional at the plate. One of the better hitters on this team. I would say the best hitter on this team outside of maybe Corbin Carroll, um, and, and a two seventy nine expected batting average to go along with it. So I, I think he's, I mean, he, he's been on a pair this postseason. I still have not really seen many people give him the love that he deserves for how well he's played. Um, you know, while I don't want to take him, you know, over one and a half hit, I would maybe take him over one and a half total bases here plus 100. Like I said, at Ranger Suarez is a guy that he he gives up a lot of contact, so it's definitely possible with a contact hitter like Marte. The matchup seems to fit as well. He likes ground ball pitchers. Uh, I think he should be able to negotiate at least a hit here, probably two. And that is the guy if I'm gonna look at anybody on the nine back side, I'm gonna look at.
2: All right, let's look at the uh, Astros Rangers matchup. Now we've got a series. Rangers a slight favorite, minus one fifteen on the money line higher total in this game. It is nine and a half. Uh let's let's look big picture before we dive into this specific matchup. Uh, how do you view the rest of the series now that it's two one?
1: Uh, I'm not overreacting to one game, just because I wasn't overreacting the two games at the beginning of this series. I think the Rangers win the series. I think they might even tidy it up, or tie it up, rather, in uh, five games. I-, I think that this is a game tonight, which we'll get into, that the Rangers can and should win. Um, and-, and ultimately, when you look at the, the way that the... the- you know series breaks down the rangers have the better bullpen i think they have the better offense um you know obviously houston had a nice performance last night but you know you have to factor in garbage time you have to factor in max scherzer didn't look unbelievable he was throwing incredibly hittable fastballs um i, I think that i trust this this texas rangers offense more i trust their bullpen more and the way that game four uh, shakes out with the pitching matchup, while Andrew Heaney isn't great, I think that they have a, a better pitcher going uh, in game four, which is kind of crazy because they could have started Verlander on three days ref. And, you know, I, I think once you get to that point, for Amber Valdez ha- had a bad season, he took a big step back this year. You know, if, if they have to see him or even Verlander again, Verlander who had uh, an ERA above four in the postseason for his last two post or three post seasons, Um, I just, you know, especially with the bullpen, the three ERA this postseason, like I could go on and on about the reasons I don't like the Astros as much as the Rangers. And I just think for that reason, it's really hard for me to see a way back into this series for Houston. I love Christian Javier. I think he, you know, despite the fact that he had a a tough season, um, the last month has been a lot better. And I think, you know, as we saw last night, he's the pitcher I trust the most on the Astros. I do think they can win the Verlander game. But like i don't think they're going to get back to javier i don't think they're going to uh, you know lengthen the series where they can get back to javier in game seven i don't trust Framber valdez so if you're taught, you're asking about how the series shakes out uh, the i think the rangers are going to wrap this one up pretty soon
3: i love it i'm curious your thoughts on backing the rangers and haney first five Plus one and a half is minus 298. I don't know if that's still a thing, but that is ridiculous. But, like, minus half a run is even money or plus 105 most other places.
1: Yeah, I, I would say I like backing the Rangers on the first five. Andrew Heaney is, is you know, it, it, it's funny because both of these pitchers, right, you look at their, their names, and these are both guys that I have made a lot of money fading over the last, like, two or three years. And I, I can't believe I would ever say anything nice about Andrew Heaney. But last season, obviously, everyone knows the Dodgers brought him in. They, they fixed him, right? They, they got the most out of Andrew Heaney. He had an effective season. He did not allow a ton of home runs like he has his whole career. This season, he went back to being Andrew Heaney. But no one's really talking about the fact it's probably because no one cares about Andrew Heaney, right? I mean, who, who cares about Andrew Heaney? But right now, you should care about Andrew Haney. No one's talking about the fact that over the last two months of the season, he actually got a lot better. He stopped allowing so many fly balls. He only allowed four home runs over the last two months of the year. He had allowed 19 in the first four. His expected numbers came down. His ground ball rate went up. He pitched a lot better. And, uh, you know, the Houston Astros are a team that – Again, they, they, they like to get the ball in the air. They have gotten the ball in the air a lot this postseason. But if you're talking to me about a home run hitting contest or a fly ball hitting contest, which I think this is going to turn into, the Rangers have hit uh, the, the ground out to air out ratio has been a 0.5, which has just been incredibly low for context. Like the the best team in the league was the Braves this year at, at 0.8. So it's, you know, but both of these, you know, all the teams in the playoffs have been hitting the ball in the air, a ton. But the Rangers have just hit it in the air more. They have hit more home runs in just one, four more home runs in just one more game than Houston Astros. And, you know, I mean, I I could probably talk for eight minutes about why I don't like Jose or Keaty, but I do think that there's (laughs) stuff worth looking into here with Heaney, given the fact that, you know, as I said, he's really, over the last two and a half months now, pitched pretty well. He looked good against the Orioles, and I think there's a reason why he's getting the ball here. And you're right, Aaron, like we might only see him for three innings, but I just think that's enough. For him to make an impression on this game, and for the that's enough innings, really, especially five innings, I think the first five, more than enough for the Rangers to get to Urquidy.
0: He's Kenny Ducey here on BetQL Daily. So, okay, great. You you know we're talking about you know what Haney can do, and certainly you know it's possible that he could go and pitch lights out. This Rangers bullpen has just been so inconsistent. Yeah, it's been great in the postseason, but boy, the second half of the year, it was absolutely atrocious. One of the worst bullpen performances that we saw in Major League Baseball. What do you trust here? Because do you trust the postseason numbers, or do you trust the second half of the season numbers? And I ask this because yesterday when the Rangers were getting shellac, they weren't using their best relievers in Roldis Chapman and Jose LeClerc. I wonder how much that matters in a game like this.
1: Well, Ed, well, here's the thing. I mean, I, I, you know, you're a smart guy, and I'm a smart guy, and I think we both know, right, that sample size is small. <laughs> oh, sample. damn. Yeah, I, I just had I to put that out that. there. No. Yeah. I would agree, too, especially because I called myself smart as well. I, look, I think the fact of the matter is you have to, you know, you, you know just as well as I do that a sample size this small, an eight-game sample, uh, there's a lot that can go awry if you trust an eight-game sample, right? It's a very small sample size. But what I would say is in the postseason, it's a little bit different because you have teams using different relievers in different spots. You have injuries during the course of the season. You have guys cycling in and out of high leverage situations. It's sort of a mess, right? Like, you know, but in the postseason, you get your chance to put your best foot forward. Um, on a nightly basis, you have guys in your rotation that are joining your bullpen. Um, I would point, no, look, look, if you want an example of this, the Philadelphia Phillies last year, and I know this year the story's been they've been an excellent bullpen. They've been excellent in the postseason. We know that. And I know we're talking about the Astros here. But the Philadelphia Phillies last year were 23rd in bullpen ERA. And in the postseason, right, they went from a 4.27 ERA in the regular season to a 2.62 ERA. In 17 games in the postseason last year, which is absolutely outrageously good. And I, again, it's you can use higher leverage arms more often, you know, especially with some days of rest in there, you can use them a lot. You also have guys going into your, you know, into your bullpen. And yes, I'm not talking about Chris Stratton for the, you know, Texas Rangers, but how about a guy like Dane Dunning who's going to follow Andrew Heaney tonight, most mm. likely, if Heaney only gives him three innings. Dane Dunning is an extreme ground ball pitcher. He was an effective starter for them this year, the Texas Rangers. And I love that he comes in out of the bullpen behind Heaney, assuming that he does piggyback behind him because he's a ground ball pitcher. He matches up well with the Houston Astros. And that's the luxury that you have as a manager in the postseason as you can make those decisions. You can make those mix-and-match matchups and get a guy that matches up very well with Houston Astros to go three or four innings and the bullpen the dodgers did it so many times with dustin made a great success i mean i could go on and on but yes there are factors in the postseason that make even an eight game sample worth reading into and i'm just as i said that i'm also not jumping ship because the era for the rangers doesn't look as shiny as it did because you know chris stratton and cody bradford basically came in as human white flags and gave up runs last night uh and by the way and the the texas rangers still have a better bullpen era than Houston Astros, and I think people probably won't even recognize that because no one ever, you know, talked about the Texas Rangers as a good bullpen coming into the postseason. So that and that is why I do read into the postseason stats quite a bit, um, whether it's offensively or defensively, just because there's a lot of continuity in the looks that you get on a nightly basis. There's obviously the stakes are very high. And over the course of a 162-game season, you're going to have weeks and months even where teams are, are out of it. They've lost focus. They have, you know, maybe their best bat is injured or their best high-leverage arm. So a lot of things can go wrong. But in the postseason, this is, you know, what we see is what we get. And what we've seen so far from the Texas Rangers has been very good. It's just hard to argue that.
3: Kenny, two seconds. Knicks futures. We in, we out. What are we doing?
1: we're in we're in what do you mean we, we what was the tagline for the Knicks? We hear yeah i mean that's of course we're in the knicks are gonna they're gonna win the east somehow i don't know how they're gonna do it but they, they I,
3: you know the, this
0: has to be the year out of all of them right and Jake Hassan it's time now for our nfl contest picks and so we've got a bunch of spreads that have been set uh earlier in the week and now we are to pick five and where, where shall we start who's gonna start this
3: aaron wow i was gonna say that's handsome expert I we gotta keep the alliteration going yeah all right wow this is gonna uh, be fun
2: what's mine this exercise
3: reminded me why i like to stick to props i will just <laughs> practice it with that where do we begin okay I don't know why the Dolphins are plus two and a half, but I like it. This high-powered offense, I think it's gonna be tough for the Eagles. Eagles coming off their first loss, hurts through three interceptions. Wow, I'm gonna pretend like I didn't just see that. It just got up. <laughs> um- <laughs> I think the Dolphins can get some pressure. Uh, the Dolphins are not the best defensive team, but I think the offense is just so fast, so explosive. It's going to be a tall task for this Eagles defense. So I think Miami could actually win outright. So give me the Dolphins plus two and a half. Oh man, this one is, oh, we talked about it in Survivor. So the Cardinals started the season hot covering their first three games then well they haven't quite done that failed to cover the next three there may be other spreads i like better here but i think plus eight is a lot so i will take the cardinals plus eight at the seahawks i think more than a touchdown is just too many points this one is interesting i know joe he always says "Oh, the lions i love the lions love them oh man (laughs) (laughs) okay i know zay flower scored his first touchdown in london last week but i think this lions team they're well-rounded they're a complete team i'm still waiting for the for the ravens to just put teams away and be that dominant team they're not bad don't get me wrong but in this matchup i might as well take the dog here in the lions oh man this one, both teams probably going to be without their starting quarterbacks, which sounds very ugly for any offense. So my process here was once again, yes, take the dog (laughs) at home. Bears plus three. What are we even doing? Why are the Raiders road favorites against anyone? They shouldn't be. This is absolutely absurd. Give me the Bears plus three. And everywhere I was reading, it seemed like people were liking the Raiders. I don't get it. Give me the dog here. Bears plus three. This one I love. The Patriots, are they tanking already? Is it safe to say it? I'm Bills minus eight and a half feels really good. I know it's a lot of points, but I'm very confident. And I think that the, the Bills have had a couple of off games, but even if Josh Allen isn't 100%, I still like them to cover this large number against a Patriots team that's in complete disarray. The Bills have struggled, you know, offensively, but and they've looked kind of out of sorts. But I think against this Patriots team, that's one in five against the spread. I just don't see things turning around for them anytime soon. So, Dolphins, Cardinals, Lions, Bears, Bills. A lot of dogs. Only one favorite.
0: You know, it's funny. I also have a lot of dogs, Aaron, Uh, but the first one I will bring up is one where we are going head to head against each other. Give me the Seahawks minus eight. I just cannot back the Cardinals maybe ever uh, for the rest of the season. And, And look, we can be impressed with a team. We can say a team has exceeded expectations. That's fine. But they were in a really bad place to begin with. There's a reason why they were such sizable favorites uh, to have the first overall pick for the next draft, to have the worst record, yada, yada, yada. I like Seahawks minus eight just because Geno Smith and company sputtered in the red zone last week. Look, red zone performances are not that sticky from one game to the next, one season to the next. And the Cardinals' pass defense is really, really bad. So I think this is a good get-right spot for Metcalf, Lockett, and company. I think they can cover the big numbers, so I'm fine as far as that goes. Next one, guess what? We are in agreement here. Give me the Lions plus three. That Detroit defense should have an answer for everything Lamar Jackson wants to do. Quick passing, Lions cover those well. Direct tosses without play action? Well, the Lions stymie those. How about quarterback draws or any rushes from under center that we've come to know and love from the Ravens? Well, guess what? The Lions halt those two. I think this is just a bad matchup for Baltimore. I like the Lions in this spot. I think Aaron pretty much took all of my notes as far as Bears plus three. So I don't know how much I can add here except to say that, yeah, you've got two backup quarterbacks going up against each other, one of whom has a super small sample size. But I know this much, no one should be favored by more than three in a game like this, especially the home team. And look, DJ Moore could be the more productive receiver. I'm not saying he's going to be the best. He's the better receiver in general, but I think D.J. Moore can be the more productive receiver in a game like this. PFF with a great stat, a 94 grade on contested targets for D.J. Moore. That will h- help an offense no matter who is throwing him the football. So even if he is well defended, against a not so great defense in the Raiders, I still think D.J. Moore will get his, and that's what will put the Bears over the top. Number four, the Steelers at plus three. I really do like teams coming off of buys this week. They're only two. I don't have the Packers as part of my contest picks, but I do feel like that the Steelers can knock off the Rams. And look, it's okay to kind of go back to your priors here, look at the LA Rams and go, you know what? That schedule looks a little bit trickier than maybe it's leading on. Yeah, we do like Matthew Stafford. And yeah, we do like the two receivers that they have. But this is something where even if you don't like the Steelers offense, it's a favorable matchup for them. As long as they can contain Aaron Donald in some way, whether it's with quick passes, double teaming him, something like that. I think the Steelers can at least stay in this ball game. So I like the dog there. And one more dog that's barking here. Give me the Giants plus two and a half. The one area... Where this Washington defensive front has looked vulnerable involves quarterback scrambles. And at least the Giants are smart enough to know that their backup quarterbacks should be mobile. They should be athletes. And that's exactly what we're going to see out of Tyrod Taylor. I expect him to run the ball a good bit. And because of that, we are going to see a really exciting divisional matchup. So give me the Giants at plus two and a half, as well as the Steelers, Bears, Lions, and Seahawks, Joe.
2: What if it's Daniel Jones? Same play? Same play. Okay.
0: Same play. right. Not that they're exactly equivalent, but I think it's close enough where the Giants could at least keep this game within two.
2: It would be crazy for them to start Daniel Jones, but that's an organization that does a lot of crazy things behind the state of that (laughs) offensive line. All right. I'll start with the ones uh, at the top here that I am more confident in. And at the top of the board, I'm Oppo Aaron on one as well. Oh,
3: good.
2: And I am going with the Philadelphia Eagles laying two and a half against the Miami Dolphins. Yes, offensively, we know Miami can do everything, but are they going to be able to stop the Eagles? The Eagles are going to have to switch things up. They're going to have to go heavy run. We know that's their bread and butter. They're going to need to lean into that, and I think they will after Hertz's last game and all the picks that he had in that matchup. I like the Eagles in this spot in Philadelphia. This is going to be a ton of fun to watch. Give me Philadelphia minus 2.5. Uh, one more favorite I have before I get to the underdogs, a game that has not been mentioned. We have to wait until Monday and a lot of questions here because here on Thursday morning we don't know what's going on with the San Francisco 49ers injuries but at six and a half I'm surprised we got that number I thought they're going to give us seven at six and a half I'm going to lay it I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers in a bounce back spot there's a massive difference between going on the road to Cleveland and going on the road to Minnesota going up against those defenses and we saw it I mean, the Vikings were going against one of the worst defenses in the NFL and the Bears, and without Justin Jefferson, it changes everything. They had a tough time against a Bears team that can't stop the tight end getting Hawkinson involved through much of it. He was limited to 50 yards. You only saw him like one series where they were going to him. I like San Francisco to win by at least a touchdown, so I'm taking San Francisco minus 6.5. To the underdogs, here's one that I am on the same page with Ed Egros. Give me the Steelers Uh plus three. Steelers Uh plus three. Yeah, I could see uh, Watt getting the Stafford, and if Stafford is hobbled, it could be ugly for them. Uh, Tomlin as a dog, extra time to prepare. Like, he's so dangerous in these spots. He's so dangerous week one as an underdog, and you're giving me the full three points. Give me Pittsburgh plus three. AFC West matchup. Didn't look great on Monday. Market's down on them a bit. Give me the Chargers plus five and a half against the Kansas City Chiefs. If we look at the six Mm. matchups, Herbert going up against KC, six times he's gone against them. You know what's happened? We got two wins for the Chargers. We've got two games that went to overtime, and then the two straight-up losses in regulation were by three points and by six points, one-score games. This is always a close game, and since I'm getting five and a half, I will take – those five and a half chargers plus five and a half last play <sighs> show bet hit the board for all three of us <laughs> bears plus three bears Whoa. plus three. we are part of the bay agency i can't believe i'm doing this uh, look the raiders should not be laying three on the road to anyone uh they are zero and nine ats the last nine times as a road favorite last four times last year we talked about it yesterday Uh, They lost straight up in all of these spots. Uh, Devontae Adams is upset. Look, they both stink. They're both bad at a lot of different aspects of football. But the Bears do a couple of things well. They can run the ball. I want to see the state of uh, these running backs here. They do have that ability, especially with Fields, too, and their group of running backs. And they can stop the run. And the Raiders have not been able to do that. That's one thing they could do offensively. Last year, they could run the ball. Uh, They can't do that this year, and the Bears are good at stopping the run at least. Give them the Bears plus three in this spot. I'm not sure if they win, but uh, we're covering the three. So my five are the Eagles, the Niners, Steelers, Chargers, Bears.
0: So let's actually investigate and see if this is a true show bet. So Polymath, Paul, and Highbrow Hassan after that, are you guys backing (laughs) Bears plus three?
4: I have written down oh.
0: Seahawks oh
4: minus eight, Lions plus three, Steelers plus three, Chargers plus five and a half.
3: Oh, wow. And Let's the Bears go, plus three.
4: And the what? Bears plus three. three. Double 17. Let's go, Tyson Bagent. Bajant, whatever.
0: Bajant.
3: Have
0: you seen some of the videos? It's so
4: bad. It's so good. I, it's so bad.
2: No, it's bad it's bad um I'll I heard another good one but I don't think I should say it on the air I'll mention it in the chat
4: (sighs) word of the day (laughs) great
0: (laughs) oh are there remnants of this go (laughs) exactly (laughs) Um, uh, I'll, I don't let's know.
5: Go. Jake, the, what is the think? fact that <laughs> yeah, Joe let's was let's having let's trepidation hear. around this? No, jeez. Oh, oh, that's a no. That's <laughs> good, <laughs> that's a though. That's no for me, dog. That one's good. No, that's great. That's good. Not that, for on the air. No, no but know. it's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's great for Twitter. No, it, it's,
0: it, I'll tweet yeah, it. It's great, but I. <laughs> you should tweet uh, it.
5: Tweet it first it thing Sunday morning. Yeah. I love that one. Um, I also had the Chargers and the Steelers written down. The bears, like, I kind of think they're just going to win just because like insert new quarterback starts a spark and McDaniels is wild. Yeah. And McDaniels is so bad. They're not even saying they are going (sighs) to start, I, I don't know. It's so stupid. Like money line, rational, rational me wants to say that they're going to lose this game and do what they should do and just lose the rest of the way, except the Carolina game. They should win that game. Because, for obvious draft reasons, well, I guess if Carolina's in, whatever, doesn't matter. Who cares? Nobody cares about this, but I just think they're gonna be the do the dumb thing because they're dumb and they're just gonna win.
4: Yeah, Iberflus isn't tanking, you guys got to win games, nope. he's fighting oh, for right. his job. I think he's cooked anyway. He, he is, it doesn't
2: matter oh, yeah. what he wants. Yeah, yeah, but McDaniel's six, is on the other side. Yeah, that's the
4: <laughs> McDaniel's. God, Devontae's might have a monster game, but I still think the. Jalen Johnson did have a couple of
2: good games uh, against him early in his career when he's in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. So there's that.
3: I also like the Chargers look. I didn't have that Big one, game. but it kind of feels like Pat Mahomes is having a down year so far. Maybe that's a little his receivers harsh. are.
2: Oh, trade for me Hartman yesterday. He's back. Yeah.
4: Why, why that.
0: with this? Yeah. And why a physical for Frank Clark today. To They're
5: Nicole getting the band Hard- back together.
0: I could is, have a game. Is Pittsburgh
2: also a show bet? Four out of five, I think qualifies.
0: Welcome back to Make You All Daily, presented by PetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Time now for our lightning best. Joe. Who are you saying was an arm wrestling champion during the break?
2: Travis Bajant. Tyson's dad, and uh, I guess they showed it on Good Morning Football, the video from the senior bowl when he arm-wrestled Pelissero on the sideline. Dude brings a ton of energy. If the if we're right and the Bears do win on Sunday, this guy's going to be everywhere. I, I've seen videos of Tyson, like, rapping at karaoke bars coming out over the last couple of days. Like, it's going to be one of those, like, one-week stories where it's just so over the top. Just give him a win, and and then it's going to be, oh, he's better than Fields. It's just going to be a lot.
0: But, hey, I hope we're all right we're about the plus three. Arm wrestling over the top. I see what yeah. you did there. Oh, wasn't even intentional, but I'll
2: pretend like it was. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a So that a was thing.
3: Tyson's dad that did that?
2: Yes, Travis, right. Okay, I guess so he's on the cross, dad
3: his agent's dad. I need mean, that matchup. Yes. How much money i just, can you
0: make what kind of hardware do you get as an arm wrestling champion
2: uh i don't know it's televised know. now get something yeah. like there's a right. lot of weird stuff going on there's the slap fights like those people mm-hmm.
0: cornhole <laughs> you know is now crunching. televised
3: it's true really? Was it the- cornhole? Yeah. oh yeah
0: is that the ocho oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's on the ocho but it's there it you here. can find it or like Late Sunday nights, like after Sunday night baseball is done, like at eleven o'clock yes. PM Pacific time, you can catch yep. the cornhole championships. Summer for the, for the summer World really Arm
5: Wrestling it. League, there is over five hundred k payout for the champion.
2: Just a champ, okay. Not bad. Yeah, I mean, but you got to be a champ only. Right, right. Like, does third place get anything? Probably. Not. <laughs>
3: Did you
2: did you guys like have did you guys uh, have arm wrestling matches like at lunch or whatever when you were oh dead? yeah
3: I used to love that oh you
2: did that did oh, you yeah. get involved or were you like a referee
3: I 100% I could see Aaron go involved. taking
2: on dudes the dudes yeah, I,
3: I did. totally did, did you, and actually what was your record a female teacher got mad at me for it and said I shouldn't be doing that I don't think that could fly nowadays hell
2: no wow Shit. I know. But, but what because was the reason
3: ladylike of me. was
2: she concerned about your getting hurt or was she just
3: uh, i don't know no. she just told me like it wasn't like kind of like girls shouldn't be doing that basically Wow! how far we've being... come <laughs>
2: <laughs> i can see aaron being like stone cold took a couple of beers give him the middle finger right. Him.
0: <laughs> yeah right that was oh, during on the sleeveless years
2: <laughs> see but now we would take bets on that we'd set a number on it who could take down yeah. the hawk
4: yeah it'd be good paul has probably we have to add it this. to
5: the uh card for the betql royal rumble
4: i would absolutely bet on this oh yeah maybe we should set odds oh. for the L royal rumble i mean i'm winning. i got pj uh, that's true I'm what are the people.
3: matchups yeah I oh need jake would
5: destroy pj <laughs> I don't know if I would have it. I don't know if I would have it in me to hurt the glass, man, though.
3: My my moral
5: compass might come into play too much there.
3: (laughs) I love the glass,
5: man. I don't know if I could hurt him.
3: Glasses flying off. All right, well, who do you want to Like like a a cartoon (laughs) goes shooting back, like, 10 feet. Glasses go flying off. Like, right before
2: it starts, you breathe on them, fog it up. Let's no, actually, you know what?
5: I I could do it. You get you get me on the pre-workout beforehand, I'll I'll run through a brick wall. The pre-workout talks <laughs> to me like the green goblin mask to be honest. Oh my god. There's a
3: the thing. Like, like if you lose we your this, moral
0: compass with pre-workout.
5: Yeah, drug honestly. testing. All right, it's
3: then i want you to
2: pick on Ashu. Horvat pre-workout. would be true.
5: You go low on Ashu. He's top oh, yeah. heavy. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh wow. No he's all arms him. he's all upper body <laughs> Mix in a leg day. he skipped like day every day <laughs> yeah Ashu, you you go low horvey's perpetually injured i'm not worried oh, about God. that oh he's like oh, take him out door. just kick him yeah. yeah
2: just kick him and he's done uh, <laughs> he's gotta
5: <come laughs> yeah guy's got a bad hip yeah i tapped the right oh, hip wow. he's done for hip check yeah. yeah a little hip check he's crumpling like a yeah. paper bag
2: what is he like 30 and he's already yeah he's done what happened
4: he's 30 but 60 sort of thing yeah uh, i mean I, he's I know he's gonna like walk that. around he's always
0: limping yeah. ed who do you oh, want to yeah. take on who do i want to take on the doctor yeah
1: oh no uh,
0: you guys complaint. you
4: guys missed a great I mean it was pre-cross talk before I'd went on but Jenks had some story about a stalker or something there's some interesting tidbits that came out of that Of him okay. or
5: of the donkster? was he doing the I, stalking I
4: like I was I was like kind of blacked out kind of like but then I blacked <laughs> back <in>, ba- blacked <laughs> back in Backed when in. a certain phrase was uttered it was just kind of background noise and that's like he it's, said what It's
2: always something yeah. man it is he was trying the other day before i went on he was trying to explain the crazy charger fan that everybody was talking about on monday night and tuesday morning and chelsea hadn't seen her so she had no idea and she was asking for a description and Jake's was dancing around it he's like well she's asian and she's beautiful and like he's like trying try to make sure he doesn't get in any sort of trouble it's like she's very young i'm like that's not what I would have said Jenks I would have gotten in mm. so much trouble that's not what I would have said at all about her now be the internet got all <laughs> mad at her just leave the woman alone
4: you're allowed to root for multiple teams Jeez. and they both stink like right. they've never won anything like well that- also that's it her wasn't own even across the bear
5: it also wasn't even uh she's a vikings fan her son like plays He's for right. a yeah. peewee for team that's the vikings yeah
0: yeah, so exactly, like the, I gotta be
4: honest. Yeah. The team like truthers and like fan base loyalty people, Losers. get a life. All right. Right. Just get a life. Stop it. Yeah, you would be really mad. You're cheering for a billion dollar corporation. Yeah. Like it's your lifeblood. Shut up. I'm betting the against is, the team. You know,
2: and, and this is us. <laughs> yeah, right. So I mean, I've lost fandom completely, and I'm fine yes. with it when things are going well and you know if my son's interested or my daughter or like yeah cool or we're going to a game I'll be into it but for the most part my my dad my son was asking me who's what's your f- favorite team I'm like honestly it's like the one I pick money. on my show yes <laughs> I didn't say the one I have money right. on but I said the, the one that I pick on my show that's my favorite team
0: if, if I have like a friend or family member connected to a team then that's kind yeah. of like you know that can help too but yes yeah. where, where the money goes certainly helps in, in many ways okay lightning bats time uh so thursday night football jaguars and saints total has gone up to 40 and a half at last check so do with that information what you will uh spread still the same saints minus two and a half but i still think that this is going to be a run early run often saints offense so give me Derek carr under 238 and a half passing yards and then for the Jaguars offense, I, I think we all have the same idea as far as like shorter throws, quicker throws. I think I'll probably take Calvin Ridley out of the mix for the most part. So give me Calvin Ridley under four and a half receptions made at minus 135. And then on the diamond, uh, slight fade uh, from some of our smart guys, Andrew Heaney under 11 and a half outs. I do think Dane Dunning could come on in relief work rather quickly and eat up a ton of innings. I also don't see Heaney. Uh, getting through the Astros second time through the order. I think he'll probably get that first time and that'll be okay. Maybe see the the second guys or the top guys, maybe a second time for just a little bit, but 11 and a half outs recorded. Give me the under there. And then for, I, I got to pick a Phillies hitter to hit a home run. Like you guys have twisted my arm more than enough. Brandon Marsh plus 575 best Phils hitter mm-hmm. against the sweeper, which is a real pitch, Joe. <laughs> slur. All right.
4: It's a
5: slurve. <laughs> 650 out there on Marsh two, by the way.
3: Ooh,
0: there you go. Looking
2: good. All right. Prop city today. Let's start with Thursday night football, Travis Etienne. They're going to lean on him. Maybe because Lawrence is hurt. Maybe because there's a backup. Okay, fine. He's getting a, some love too much love because of the touchdowns lately under 66 and a half rushing yards against this stout Uh, Saints front. So uh, give me ETN under on the rushing yards. And on the Saints side, special teams like Groupie over one and a half made field goals is plus money. He's gone over one and a half made field goals in five of six games this year. We think it's going to be a lower scoring affair. We're going to see at least a couple of field goals on the Saints side going over one and a half field goals for Groupie Uh, to baseball. Christian Walker is the prop that I like. He's got strong history against Suarez. He mashes lefties, give me over one and a half total bases at plus 140. And while everyone is talking about Philly's home runs, I'm looking at Astros home runs tonight. So there's a group of guys that, that I like that I'm taking a look at. Got Abreu, great history there. Uh, Tucker kills lefties, so does McCormick. These are all in that four to one, five to one range. So smaller bets on a number of home run props there for me.
3: Love it! I'll be on some home run props as well, but I am going. I don't want. To be they won't be hot today like they have been. The minute I do jump, in, but this to happen, plus, older, but
0: I think Aaron's uh, audio. Wait, hold, hold on, uh, hold
2: on, Aaron. Yeah, you're like. It sounds like you're underwater. We'll get back to you in yeah. a moment, Paul. Go ahead.
5: All
4: right, yeah. real quick, I will do uh I'm similar, but I'm doing total bases. Altuve and Jose Abreu both at plus money over one and a half total bases. Uh and then a couple first touchdowns. Touchdowns will be at a premium tonight. So let's go Christian Kirk, first touchdown at twelve to one. Taysom Hill, first touchdown, sixteen to one.
0: Cool deal. Jakey. Wanna try again, Aaron? Or uh go or, to Jake? Oh yeah, go ahead.
3: Uh is it better now?
4: Yeah, oh, no, we're
0: yeah, back. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, go oh, for okay. it.
3: Okay. All right, so Chris Olave over 62 and a half. A nice public prop for you tonight. I think he's going to have a big game. And then I'm going to do half a unit trade, turn of Bryce Harper, Cassianos, all to hit a home run, Jake.
5: I'm going to go Ranger Suarez over 14 and a half outs recorded. He had seven shutout in his one start in Arizona early this year, and Arizona was not good against lefties. I also going to take a small shot on him to get a win, plus 245. I like that spot there because I do think the Phillies are going to win this game. And then I'm also going to go back to the over for Astros-Rangers. Altuve, two-plus bases. Mitch Garver and Josh Young, two-plus bases. And the just for funsies is going to be Jose Abreu. I'm aligned on that. And Young, plus 480, an insane price after he hit two yesterday.
0: Killing a lot of those. Good stuff. Thanks for watching and listening to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. For those listening, next up is Jim Rome. For those watching on Twitch and YouTube, stay tuned for the Daily Tip. Take care, everybody.